Hello and welcome back to the Millennial and the Mom. I'm Maddie, the Millennial. I'm Katie, the Mom. And Mom, are you so excited? Today's our very first book club episode. I'm really excited and I was excited that I got to actually read part of this book while I was around you. So I was like, I know you were ahead of me, but I was having my suspicions about what happened and I kept I asking know. you about it. It's so much fun when you can talk about it um, with someone else. And so I think, you know, that's what we're hoping to do in these episodes. You know, once a month, we're going to plan to release uh, a book club episode. You can read the book along with us. We'll announce um, the book ahead of time on our Instagram. So you can you can be all caught up. And then, you know, last Friday of every month, we'll go ahead and release these. Um, if you have book suggestions or, you know, you're in a book club and, and you've read some really great books, let us know. And, you know, we're happy to, to take any recommendations. But for our July book, we read The Only Survivors by Megan Miranda. So mom, what did you think of the book? I really liked the book. I can be a little skeptical sometimes because I'm pretty tough on like this suspense mystery thriller genre because sometimes I feel like it builds and then the ending is like way too contrived or it's just like all of a sudden it's just like everything's wrapped up. Okay, book is all over. I felt like you this prefer one... it to be unsolved or like un unfinished. No, no, no. I don't want it to be unfinished, but I need a little bit of depth to the ending. I thought this one did an okay job with that, but I would say the tension and the build in this one, very good. I mean I was I read it in like two days. Yeah, I, I read it in a, maybe I read it over the course of a week, but it was definitely a quick read. Have you read any other books by her? I don't think so, but I don't know what are some of her other titles. I read Such a Quiet Place, which was really good. And I think just like you mentioned how sometimes these types of books will build and build and build and then you're kind of let down at the end. I, I didn't feel that way by Only Survivors, but I will say Such a Quiet Place had me much more on the edge of my seat than this one did but it's the same type and I don't know if all of her books are the same way and she actually just I don't know when it was released but I picked this out for us to read because I was in Target and it looked really good um but she wrote another one recently called The Last to Vanish and I think all of her or her style is kind of like you know a lockbox mystery like it's all of the characters you know and they all are kind of intertwined and they're kind of stuck together in a situation yeah, and Such a Quiet Place did the same thing as The Only Survivors, where you're going kind of back and forth in time, which I don't know, not everyone likes when books do that. I actually think, you know, if they do it well and it's not too hard to follow, I think it adds like, it adds another layer of suspense and you're not learning all of the clues at once. You kind of have to wait till you get to that point in the past and that point in the present, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't mind the back and forth between present day and the past. The only thing with this one, which was a little bit... Not necessarily confusing, but when she first started going to the past, it was more generic. And then she started going back from one character's perspective. Unless I missed something. No, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. So, so the present was all um, was all one person's perspective. It was all Cassie's perspective. Right. And then you're saying the past, they, they, they jumped around. They jumped around. But I think there was also almost like, um, what's that called when it's like an all-knowing perspective? I think when she first started introducing the past, well, it wasn't a specific character tied to the recollection, was it? No, I think it was. It was? Okay. I, you know, th this here's another thing to talk about. I read this on my Kindle, which I'm kind of doing for a purpose. I'm getting ready to take a big trip and I want to have all these books on it. But I prefer to read a book in the paper form because that very reason what I'm talking about. I want to go back and look at it and go, okay, wait, last time it was this person. Of course you can do that on a Kindle. It's just not as easy. The other thing that really- no, I hate reading on a Kindle. Well, I mean, other, as of now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I mean, I'll change my mind. The other thing that drives me crazy about the Kindle is you forget the title of the book you're reading because you never see it again. You move on from the title page and you're like in the book and you don't ever see the title again. So I'm like, okay, I read that book, but I can't remember what it was called. Well, is that because you're reading multiple books at one time? No, but when I open up my Kindle, it's just already at the book I'm reading. But I mean, 
like I only read one book at a time. So I'm not like, oh, what book am I reading? Like I know. No, but I just don't remember the name, right? I'm like I guess that's because you're you're not the millennial, you're advanced age. Oh no, not the advanced age. No, no, no. It's just the eyesight going, not the memory yet. So um Um, yeah, well, I I like I like the change in perspective. I think it keeps it interesting. Sometimes I find, you know, and I, I love to read thrillers or you know, mysteries. Um, I also like a, a good beach read, like a rom-com type book, but, um, I think it, I think it does help keep the, the book moving along when you're changing back and forth. Um, well, it's, so a good I, way, I, it's a good way to learn background knowledge that it'd be kind of difficult to weave yeah. into the story. You can, uh, you know, the author can unveil a lot more about the character by doing the flashback. No, I totally agree. And it's, it's helpful too, to get, you know, I think it, at least in this book, the things you learn in the back or the the previous, the past sections, like it's the only way you can understand the present. Right. Sometimes books will do it and you're learning like what kind of feels like irrelevant information. You're like why I don't, you know, in the non-thriller ones, it's kind of like, oh, and now we're just going to go back in time and just get a different lens. And you're not really, it doesn't play any part in the plot. Um, so I thought this one did a really good job with it. But uh, I did pull together for our little book club. I did, you know, pull some questions just in full transparency. I did not write any of these. <laughs> They're from wrotabook.com. We'll link it in the show notes if you're going to do a book club um, with this book and, and you need some inspiration. But mom, I'm going to ask you the first question. It's kind of long. Okay, I'm ready for it. Okay. The premise of The Only Survivors revolves around a pact made by the survivors of a tragic accident. What do you think about the concept of survivor guilt and the ways in which the characters in the book cope with it? Well, I think, first of all, are we going to have spoilers in this episode? I mean, what if someone listens to this that didn't read the book? No, this whole this whole episode is a spoiler. Okay, I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. So, I mean, I mean I- listeners, if you didn't read this book. Turn off this. Turn, turn it off, or just, you won't hurt our feelings, right? Um, well, but the thing is, I don't know that survivor guilt is necessarily the right way to think about this because, yes, they did survive this tragic accident, but as we learn, it was more than just an accident. There were some other things that happened along the way. So it's like, are they really experiencing survivor's guilt, or are they really having guilt about being part of what essentially is a cover up? I was just going to say, so do you think you, in, you know, this is a full, full spoiler alert. So, I mean, Cassidy is the one that caused the accident, but I don't think it was any learning that I don't think in my mind, it was anything, any less than an accident. That they oh, no, I, and I don't necessarily, it was a freak accident. Well, she didn't cause it. I mean, whoever, listen, as someone, but she worked, ran out in front of the van. Right. But as someone who worked in education, if you're about ready to leave a student behind in the middle of the woods and you don't, yeah, it wasn't her them, fault. I mean, I'm not sure that, I mean, listen, I mean, good for her. I mean, I was like, good advocate for yourself. You're about ready to be left in the middle of nowhere. So yes, it was an accident. Um, and she was the one that dashed out in front of it. But I, I would say the accident was really caused by the adults not taking the proper precautions along this trip, right? But yes, yeah, it was it a was, series of unfortunate events. It, well, it was a series of, I mean, mistakes, right? I would say they they yeah. turned off the road without a plan. Now she did, you know, I mean, if you want to really go deep on Cassidy, I mean, yeah, okay, she got car sick. I mean, it's not her fault. She's in the back of a van on a winding road. She needed a break. And they stopped and let her out. And then they forgot her. But in the meanwhile, it's like, I mean, that's on the adults in the trip, right? So yes, it ends up being a tragic accident. But I mean, so much more happened than just the accident. Yeah. Well, and I think all of the subsequent events, which I think is what a lot of the twists and turns kind of are in the book, which I wasn't expecting. I kind of thought it was going to turn out that there was something, you know, more twisty than them hitting what you know they're all talking about during the book they're all hitting the deer and it turns out the deer's Cassidy I thought it was going to be such something much more malicious and like it was going to be that someone caused them the wreck and it's the same person that's looking into the windows or you know something really it's just my mind is so dark and twisty that's what I went to before you start learning more about 
what goes on and how they all kind of have these secrets of the hours after the crash. Um, but I think, you know, everything that happens after they crash, to some extent, it's like, what what's that book you all have to read, like Lord of the Flies or whatever? Like, you just, you don't know when you're in that situation, what your reaction is going to be, right. how you're going to, what's going to go off in your mind. Like, you know, there's a the whole question of like, did Grace, you know, have a knife and did she kill, I'm blanking on the guy's name, okay. um, Ben, did she kill Ben? And it's like, if she did, like, it, it could be that she just, you know, she she had a break with reality. Like, they think they're going to die on the side of this river. Like, she lashed out because she thought he caused the wreck, whatever it is. Like, to some extent, like, I don't think they can be, like, held accountable necessarily to the full extent of whatever actions did occur. Oh, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, the other one is, I mean, the whole story behind Cassidy that she actually wasn't in the wreck. Right. And then she jumps yeah. in and she saves people and everybody, you know, thinking like, oh, you know, maybe she was so selfless and doing that. But again, she has a particular, you know, angle on that. And then the other one I want to talk about is the guy jumping in the river. Right. And was it Brody didn't want to go? And Jason. I think it was Brody didn't know how to swim. Right. But they had kind of, nobody really knew that. And he yeah. had already had that near drowning experience. And then they like, you know, whatever, drew straws or cards or whatever. And he gets chosen and then he freaks out. He can't go. And then that guy, Jason gets in and it's like, that's the end of Jason. You know? No, I know. That was really, you, you know, they're like, oh. Like it, it, you're just like, oh my God, I can't even imagine. I know. At the same time, I'm like, who thought that was going to be a good idea getting in the water? I know. And I wish like, you know, sometimes when you're reading, I feel like I could really conjure like a picture of the house they're staying at on the Outer Banks and the motel they go to to check for Amaya and the old car. She yes. drives all of that. Like, I feel like I could really conjure a picture of what I thought it looked like or the restaurant they go to and, you know, they're having their meals at. I like could not picture this river. I Me was neither. like, is Me it neither. a flat river? Because it says they like go off the side. And so I'm like, okay, is it like you know, they're like going off a cliff and then there's a river running down. Like, I just couldn't picture what the river looked like. Well, I, I think like, they must have gone off a cliff because the way they ended up getting out was scaling up the wet, slippery cliff. Yeah, because in my mind, I'm imagining like almost like a waterfall or whatever. And I'm like, no, I don't think like that. I didn't see a Who water, would go yeah. swim like that? But okay, I guess if it's more of like a flat river down where you are. Yeah. I just, I, I... It's one of those ones, like, if they make a movie out of it or something, I'm really curious to see what they do with the river. Okay, this would make a really good movie. I don't think, I'm trying to think of any of her other books, because I thought the same thing about Such a Quiet Place. I was like, oh, man, this was twisty. But sometimes I feel like the filmmakers maybe think it's hard when the book goes back and forth in time. Like, how do you capture that? I mean, filmmakers need to figure that out. They make all these other things. I mean, if you can make all the special effects, you can figure out going back and forth in time. But I mean, it very well could be that someone has turned this into a script and eventually we'll see this as a movie. I don't know. But I think it would make a good, I think it would make a good movie. So, you know what? It's so funny. And I don't know if we're going to get to this in um, a question, but talking about, you know, not seeing the ending or whatever, I, the entire book, I was expecting Will to have some sort of sinister role. Yes, I thought he was going to be the. I thought he was going to be the one who um, killed Ian, like plants his phone, yes. gets on Cassidy's, and that was kind of anticlimactic to me. Like he well, was really just a supporting character. I know, but I think that was so good the way that I just was always suspecting Will. And then again, spoiler alert. I mean, I didn't see Russ coming at all. I mean, Russ slapped yeah. me across the face when that thing happened. I was like, and 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 again, I wish I was reading the paper books. I kind of wanted to go back and remind myself why Russ, like her intro story with Russ, because she kind of talked about it, I think, at the beginning. Yeah, and I get, like she said, because she, like, she texts Grace the photo of Russ, or the photo, and was like, who is this? And she's like, that's um, Clara's older brother, and I get like someone being four years older than you, but if this was such a pivotal moment in your childhood and all of that, like you're telling me you never saw Clara's older brother. Like I, I, I don't know. It felt a little bit kind of like 
I thought that too. I don't know if this is plausible. I know. I, I, you know, I did think that too. Although as someone who went to a very small high school with like a hundred people in my graduating class and it was like people, you know, had siblings. I mean, you, you kind of knew the families. I'm not sure 10 years later, if I would pick out someone's sibling, I mean, I probably couldn't pick out necessarily the hundred people I graduated with, let alone 10 years later, realizing that somebody I met was like a sibling that much older or younger than the person that I kind of knew at the time. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm eight years out from my high school graduation. Oh my God. Are you eight years out of high school? I know. Isn't that crazy? Oh my. That's why I'm the millennial. I'm not Gen Z. I get it. Um, I get it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. That felt a little bit odd, but I do think, I don't know if I would have been more satisfied if it would have been Will. To me, it felt like too, again, like we did all our, our whole episode on true crime. Like I'm just a really twisty person, I guess. Like, yeah, to me, it was more like, and I, maybe this was her whole point is like, in her, her book, the other book I read by her was kind of the same thing. It's like, it's, it's not it's almost a logical explanation. Everything kind of makes sense in the end. It's not that any one person was so terrible that they did this bad thing. It's not like Russ was so awful that he conjured up this whole stalking thing he was going to do. Like He was really upset by his sister's death. He thought one of them played a part in it and he was trying to figure out. Like He kept telling them, like, I, I'm not going to hurt you. Like I'm not going to kill you or I mean, That's that might be a little hard to believe when someone has a gun pointed at you. I mean, I'm yeah. not buying it. But I don't know. And the, the other book by her was the same thing. It's like when people are put in terrible situations, they do unthinkable things. But I think in my mind, I'm like, oh, like it could have been like a random serial killer who like is stalking them. And like, I think I, I think I want, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Okay, I thought you, that's where this book was going to go. Right. Okay. Do, what do you think Grace's role was in Clara's death? Okay, Grace threw me for a loop because she's the one who's like now a, a counselor and she's telling, she's giving people all these coping mechanisms. And I was like, okay, I get it. Like she wants something really traumatic and she, you know, it's like, the, it's, um, was it Josh is the, EM? no, Josh was a lawyer. Who was the EMT? Um, Brody. I think. Brody, Brody yeah. was the EMT. It's like same, same kind of thing as Grace. Like they went through something terrible. They used it to you know help others later in their life josh or brody's the emt she's a a counselor or a therapist and so i had no idea until like it started kind of foreshadowing that she had this darkness in her or whatever that she was going to play any type of part in that i thought she was just kind of this like fluff character and i thought amaya who i mean she ended up I guess she she did play a big role in it, but I thought it was going to be much more like she was having an active part in the story. I still and I don't feel I'm like she did. Of, no, I mean I feel like I know Amaya the least, right? Because she was always in the shadows, so I don't know that I totally understand all the connections with Amaya. It's more like the book was more about her absence rather than her presence. So yeah, so you you are leading us. We're going to skip a couple questions, just going with the flow. Okay, but um. How does the disappearance of Amaya affect the dynamics of the remaining characters? How do their suspicions and fears escalate? And do you think their reactions are justified? I felt like this is something that could have been a little bit more well-developed. I'm not sure that Amaya was really established enough when she disappeared for me to understand, should I miss her? Is she just being like petulant? Is she just, you know, needing her own space? And I do think in some ways, some of the characters' reactions to her disappearing, I don't know that I had enough at that point in the book to really understand why they were acting like that. Why was it such a big deal? No, I feel the same way. And one of the questions that we we skipped so we could do this one was, you know, if you had a similar situation in your childhood, would you want to commemorate it with a week-long trip every year? And I definitely wouldn't. Like, again, you don't know how you're going to react in that situation. But I feel like 10 years later, I, I would want to be moving on with my life, like be grieving in my own way. I don't need to go sit at a beach house for a week and think about the terrible things we may have done. And every person kind of doesn't have the full picture and they don't talk about it. Like I, it would sound awful. 
Listen, I mean, I went to high school with some great people, but I don't want to go on a week-long trip with them, even if I didn't have a traumatic experience. I mean, move on, right? It's like, yeah, some people are friends and you, I mean, I, but I don't know if that trip was conceived or the inertia around that trip was to ensure that everybody was still on board with sticking with the story. No, I agree. The trip was not because they like loved each other so much. They wanted or to because go on. It, it wasn't to really because make... they were working through their, you know, trauma together. It was, it was to make sure that nothing like Clara's suicide happened to anyone else. Uh, but so going back to Amaya is, you know, if, if it's been so planned and it's something you do every year and then the person who organizes it leaves the trip, like, I just feel like they weren't they weren't worried enough or I I just feel like if that was me like I wouldn't have let her go for days well I don't know because I feel like they were talking about how she does this right like she's done this before she needs her space she disappears now it did go on and on and we haven't even talked about the fact that it's Oliver right who has the house that was that was not that well developed because Will hinted at the fact well, I mean, he came around and said it. The house is only used for this trip, right? It's it's empty the rest of the year. But when that was addressed in the book, it was more like, oh, we just don't happen to rent now anymore. I bought it for my parents. But it's not really ever discussed. There, there's a lot of hanging threads around the house and Will. Mm-hmm. I mean, I go back to Will. I, Will needs his own book. Yeah, and they say there's like ghosts in it or they call it ghost house or, or I think that's their name for it. Right. So I agree. I think at at various points, I definitely suspected Will. I don't think I ever really suspected Oliver, even though I think at points in the story, she's trying to lead you to thinking Oliver's doing something. Like he gets there early. And, right. But I think at each step, like his explanations make sense. Um, but I think I, I just, they stayed in that house so much longer than I would have if like, I'm hearing things. And then I think it was Josh's medication goes missing. And Cassidy finds that note that says, get out. Yeah, I'm like, what was that? Why about? Are, but why so are we wait, here? Who wrote that note? I think it was Russ. Russ wrote the note? Or maybe it was Yen wrote it before. But no, because they put it on Amaya's bed. It, I think it had to have been russ i thought it was amaya maybe who wrote it As like, oh we're but you know Cassidy. what it was okay maybe you're right because russ they wanted- planted ian's i mean he planted Ian, or i guess i mean ian's phone had to show up somehow right he planted ian's phone yeah i don't know i mean i i the house to me seems problematic for a lot of reasons right i might have been out of there but then the, of course now, here's the one thing is Russ could not have timed the storm. So how does mm-hmm. the storm, and that gets to one of your other questions on the list. It's like the setting in terms of the Outer Banks, it's looming store, storm, closed roads, all of that. I think that plays such a huge role in the tension of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about that setting? No, I love like a, a Nicholas Sparks or, you know, those books they are all set in the Outer Banks, North Carolina. It's just like a spooky place. I don't know. And actually, the fact that I lived in North Carolina for a year and a half and I spent the summer there um, before I graduated from college, like I never went to the Outer Banks. And I just feel like it's such like a, it's like an ominous setting. It's just those like Southern beaches where you're just like, I don't know, there's places to hide. It's a little bit. I just I feel like anytime I, I think about it, it's like ominous and you don't have to tell me I, I always think about that movie Cape Fear I think I mean I'm terrified of that movie and that's all I can think about I never went to the Outer Banks and I'm really kicking myself because we lived in North Carolina for a few years so I definitely have to go there I mean I'm sure it's beautiful but that storm coming in that was like a whole nother almost character in the story was the weather, the setting, the, mm-hmm. you know, the Well, and it's also too, because you know, it's playing off their fears of the river and it's raining and the rushing water and all of that. So it's kind of like, I think in how I think Megan Miranda does such a good job with it is like, like I said earlier, like 
everything had a relatively rational explanation, but all of the factors combined lead you like to get so like, whoa, like what's happening? Like you have the storm, you have weird things going missing, you have, you know, people like feeling on edge and everything. And some of it's like a lot of like man-made, the characters are doing it to themselves. It's not like there's some other spooky force out there. Like it's just, there was a storm and, you know, there was creaks in the house, all of that. But uh, I thought the setting definitely, definitely helped the storyline feel suspenseful. Because it, if it had just been a normal weekend and there had been no weather, there had been no road closures, the element of like what's going to happen next would have not been there. Right. And I think it's like juxtaposing it with the same weather of when the mm-hmm. accident occurred, right? Um, but no, I think I think the setting played a really, really strong role. And I think, like you said earlier, it was really easy. The picture she painted of the house, the beach, the motel, the restaurant that they went to. Um, so I could really visualize being there. No, I definitely could. Um, so one of the questions we skipped was, you know, the characters in the story seem to grapple with tragedies on their own without seeking outside help. If the characters had involved the police or sought professional assistance, how do you think the story would have unfolded differently? I don't know. I was thinking about that. I mean, what if they had just confessed? I mean, I don't even want to say confess, right? Because I don't truly know what happened with Ben. I don't know what the rescue was like. Like, you know, was Ben found? I mean, did they examine him and be like, oh, he has a stab wound? Well, it must have been like a branch or something, you know. I don't know. I mean, what would have been the repercussions of that? But in terms of seeking outside help, I mean, didn't Cassidy, didn't she say that her, all those journals she wrote was because a therapist encouraged her to write them down? I mean, it seems like they have in their own way, some of them had some sort of therapy. Wasn't that true about Cassidy? Yeah, she definitely said she wrote the journals as, as a, or that's what she told people that she had written them at, written them at the suggestion of a therapist. Yeah. But I think, and I, I feel like I may be glazed over it. Sometimes I tend to like not read all the words on a page. It's a bad habit I have when I'm reading books, but I feel like I don't necessarily understood, you know, they get out of the river, they're found by that truck driver. How at what point is the the law firm coming in and saying, you know, this is your story? At I mean, they must have initially, did, did just no one talk when they got picked up? Like, it wasn't like the law firm knew what happened before they got back and they could, you know, herd them all into one spot before they could talk to the police. Like, they must have made that pact before they they got in the truck to rescue them. Like, Yeah. And I don't know what the role, I mean, I know the law firm ultimately kept their secret and knew their secret, but you're right. I don't understand how they orchestrated that it was all, you know, they, that they all had the same story and they didn't reveal anything. It leads me to believe they must have not found Ben. Well, I'm kind of wondering how many of them they actually found, right? I mean, did well, they- definitely sounds like uh, the first van essentially washed away. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure that they got these bodies out of the river. Yeah, I mean, but it's I a know river. It's I- not like the Black Sea or something. They should be able to like find these bodies, don't you think? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we need to listen to more true crime involving like bodies being dumped in rivers to understand what actually happens. But I mean. I, I don't know. I mean, I, and again, that's some of the leaps. I mean, you've got to take some leaps in this book in terms of, um, you know, what what's plausible and what actually could happen. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of seeking the outside help and professional assistance, I think that's more of an issue, not an issue, but that's more pertinent when you think about the issues that Clara and Ian ran into. Yeah. It's like, why did they, you know, they suffered in silence, which I mean, sadly is true for a lot of people. I mean, uh, you know, mm-hmm. obviously suicide is not, you know, a new topic. Um, but again, it's one of those things where you think, and Ian had, you know, obviously he had substance abuse issues and, you know, likely a direct result of the burden of this tragedy they went through and the secrets that they were being asked to kept to keep. So again, you know, you think about, how might they have been better helped and really how might the school 
have better helped them. I mean, to have them, I, mean, I don't want to say paraded around, but they had to go to all these funerals. Now, you know, as Cassidy says, not everybody did. I mean, everybody, people were dropping off, but you're in mm-hmm. somewhat of a small town. You're having this tragedy play out. You're seeing all these, you know, funerals, feeling like you've got to go and, and bear the burden of this as a survivor. And then even with the, you know, um, memorial, the ringing of the bells, the dedication of the library. I mean, in some ways you can't get away from it. And that's what Cassie yeah. tried to do is try to get away from it. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's interesting that you, I don't, I mean, I assume Grace who, you know, has darkness in her and she's kind of becomes an integral part of the plot later on, but she's now a therapist and she's, there's, she's doing her, her sessions while they're at the house. And she's telling that one person, like, you're not the worst thing that you've done, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe like she sought counseling at some point, like, you know, yeah. like to get to a point where you're able to provide that you know, sounding board to others. But I think, yeah, the police aspect is interesting. And I do think, you know, it's a small town. This sounds like it happened in like rural Tennessee. Like to some extent, if you find seven or eight bodies in a river, like you don't question it. You're like, this was a terrible accident. These people drowned. Yeah. Who knows if they did find Ben, how much time had passed. If it was, you were able to tell it was like a a clean cut stab wound from like a knife and not a tree, like you said, or the windshield or, or whatever yeah. else could have been a factor in, in finding him. So maybe they were like, you know, it's the simplest explanation. Like some, they creamed off the road. That's what happened. And they didn't even ask any questions because they knew they were kids or teens, but and I think you, it didn't, definitely- you didn't have the teachers there to share any perspective on what had happened. And that's the other thing too. I mean, I think one interesting question would be what would have happened if one of the teachers had survived? Especially the one, I mean, do you think Grace had something with that teacher or was it just her infatuation? I think it was probably just her infatuation. And I think to your question of what would have happened if the teachers were there, I mean, I don't think anything would have come of this story to some extent like they it's not like if grace did kill ben i don't think she would have done it in front of a teacher well but but not not necessarily right there when it happened but what if the van i mean only one van swerved to avoid cassidy the other one just was a bystander i mean that just happened because the first one did a domino effect so if the teacher of that van had survived they wouldn't know that it was necessarily cassidy that had jumped in front i mean Mm -hmm. so i'm wondering how much of the story could have still held together, even if, you know, other people had survived. Certainly the issue with Ben, but not everybody was around and saw even what happened to Ben. No, they were all, they were on various parts of the the riverbank. Right. But what you just said that raises one of our other questions is which lie do you think had the most significant impact on the course of the story? If Cassidy had initially confessed to the group that she was standing in front of the bus during the accident, how do you think it would have altered the st- events of the story? I don't know. I mean, I have to go back and remind myself of the timing of everything. Again, it wasn't Cassidy's fault that she had to like get the attention of the van that she was being left behind. So no, but I think at some points in the story and when they're in the past and they're, they're in the river and they're all freaking out and, they're all asking like what happened because yeah. that, that's the whole point part with Grace and Ben is Grace thinks that Ben did something to the teacher who was driving. That's and true. Like, I saw you had the knife. And so I don't, I, but I do think they might've turned on Cassidy at that point. Like you caused this horrific event and this is your fault. We're in the wilderness drowning in the river right now. Which would have been ironic because she's the one that jumped in and saved quite a few people. Yeah. No, I, I I think it would have been a totally different story. I think in terms of the most significant lie, I don't think it was Cassidy's. I think that maybe is what led the most significant impact on the mm-hmm. story is Cassidy jumped in front of the van. Otherwise, she would have been left. Who knows what would have happened to Cassidy, but you might not have had 10 other or nine other people die, whatever it was. But um, I think the most significant lie was... I don't know. I uh, well, I, I mean, wanna... Grace obviously covered up a lot. So, I mean, Grace 
And then I, I don't know with Amaya, how much did Amaya initially kind of orchestrate things with her family, with the law firm? No, I agree. And then it comes out that, that Josh had seen Ian and they had been more friends. And yeah. so I think, I, I don't know if anyone had the most or the biggest impact on it. Probably Russ lying that he was not Clara's Oh, Brother. completely. But I mean, it, it's like, it's, it's the old story, right? It's like, it's never just one lie. It's, it's a lie that leads you to tell another lie, tell another lie, and then you become stuck in this web. But you know what I'm just thinking about when the river rescue part, um, I'm thinking about the character of Hollis. Let's talk about mm -hmm. her because it's so interesting. She was separate from the other group, right? I mean, as, as she kind of came upon all of them. And so, and she was one of the more mysterious characters, even at the house. I feel like we know the very little about her. Yeah, I agree. And she's, you know, Brody's, or she was Brody's high school girlfriend and Brody, they had had a fight and, you know, you can say that maybe played into Brody's emotions while he was there on the riverbank, but I agree. And I think Hollis is, of all of the survivors, it felt like she played the, the smallest role. Yeah, I agree. In the rest of the story, too. Because you have, it's like, obviously, Ian and Clara passed away. And those are integral to, it's like, did, well, did Grace kill Clara? Did did Ian overdose or did someone kill him? Like, those are really, they're not in the story, but they're central to the plot of it. And then you have Oliver, who's hiding the fact that no one uses this house other than when they're there and he came in a day early and he's just kind of being mysterious regardless. And then, you know, Josh is dating Amaya or was dating her and Brody can't sleep. And so there's all these other questions, but Hollis is really just kind of steady, even keel. Well, like, and the only thing that I thought was like very out of place in the story is when Hollis and was it Josh or Brody were out in the ocean swimming and something like got her foot. Yes. But that, but suddenly I was like, wait, am I reading a science fiction? Like, is there like a creature out there? But that really wasn't anything. I think it was just kind of like we mentioned with the storm and all of that. I think it was just meant to unsettle you. It yeah. was like, there are, there are omens out here in the beach. But that kind of unsettled me in a weird way. I was like, okay, we're not going like for some like, you know, creatures of the Black Lagoon kind of story here, are we? Um, whereas the other yeah. ones, like the note and the cameras and stuff, that was different. But I wasn't really thinking like, oh, somebody's really out there underneath the water, like trying to get you. No, I didn't necessarily either, but I think it was more so just like, okay, what's to come? Is something going to wash up? Like, I think they maybe even hinted to like, could the vans have ended up in the ocean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think it was more so just to make you feel unsettled. Okay. Um, but I guess, so how do you think, like we were just talking about, how do you think the author crafted the mystery elements in the story to keep the readers engaged and intrigued? I think there were a lot of little breadcrumbs that were dropped along the way. And I think as a reader, you had to kind of actively work to kind of keep those together. And there were some red herrings, right? I mean, again, mm -hmm. that thing that happened out in the ocean, there were some distractions. And I think, I think I personally felt like the author did a great job of distracting us with Will and some other possible people who could have been behind it. And like I said, if I think back to it, I mean, there was little things dropped about Russ along the way, but I didn't really pay attention to him. I was just like, oh, that's just this, this guy. And she's just like pulling the wool over his eyes because she wanted to go to this, you know, week, this week long thing that she didn't want to tell him. I wasn't thinking like, I wasn't thinking he had any role at all. I didn't really pay attention to him. No, I didn't either. And I think some of the most intriguing elements, it's like the fact that Cassie, it's like you're finding it out at the end, like the fact that Cassie wrote all of this in her journal, that she was the one who, who got into the, who wrote, dove in front of the van. But some of the ones in the beginning, like her finding that phone. And then like, I did have like a moment of like, oh my God, like when it, when it turns on. And she, she texts it and it, it lights right. up and I'm like, oh my God, like, how did this phone get here? When she um, finds that note that says, get out, like all of that, I feel like kept me being like, what's going to happen next? Yeah. And it wasn't so much that it was like, so like, you know, twisted and 
all of that. It was more so just like there were so many small elements. And then it's like they go and they can't find Amaya at the motel, but her car is there. And it just all of it was just kind of eerie. It was well, and I, I thought the part when they were like pop the trunk and I was like, oh, God, please don't let her be in the trunk. Yes, I had the same thought. Probably because we you know, listened just, to too many true crimes that have had people in the trunk. I'm thinking of a crime junkie where they find, unfortunately, someone in the trunk of the car. But um, no, I thought it was a really, I mean, I don't know. Were you satisfied with the ending? I, I thought satisfied. it was a really good book. Yes, I was satisfied enough with the ending. It was a good book. It, the reason I know it was good is there's times when I really did read fast and kind of skim because I was so anxious to see what happened. Mm-hmm. Not because I didn't want to pay attention to it, but I was like, oh my God, okay, wait, what's happening? What's happening? And I'm like, trying to read quickly just to get to the next part. Um, so I was definitely, I was satisfied with the ending. I That being said, I'm not sure I totally understand. I mean, I understand Russ ended up dead at the end, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know what story they are crafting around what happened at the end. Well, I think you're left with several unanswered questions. It's first of all, what happened to Ben? And then the more, the question I think that's more eerie and, and I wish, you know, there had been something was, did Grace kill Clara? Like, you, I can know. Under, you can say, you know, she acted in a moment of, she thought they were going to die out there. And she was so mad at Ben. She stabbed him. Maybe she didn't mean to hurt him. All of that. But then the question of, like, did she push Clara? And it's also this weird, I mean, think about Clara's parents. Like, both their kids died falling off the same cliff. Like, it's just eerie. Right. Well, like, I, now the thing is, though, it did say something like, you know, Grace went on to become a trauma therapist because she wanted to be able to better help. She didn't feel like she was able to help Clara. So maybe she didn't. I mean, I, I maybe I want to just assume, you know, positive intent that she came upon Clara like you know, and she wasn't able to save her. But at the same time, maybe if if we really go with the dark side of Grace, maybe Grace really orchestrated Clara. I mean, maybe she drove her out there or, you know, mm-hmm. said things to her, you know, suggested things that caused Clara to do what she did. I don't know. Yeah, I think that I think that's probably the biggest unanswered question for me. I can live with not knowing what happened to Ben. I just chalk it up to no one was in their right mind. But I think that was a big one. And then two, like, I I just, do they keep with the storyline? Like, they just don't tell anyone. And it, it just feels like that's such, the burden now is so great yeah. on the rest of the survivors. It's like, how can they keep going, like, with all of these secrets they're hiding? Well, and somebody, that's the thing, is, like, somebody's going to slip up. It's a little bit like Cassidy, right? She meets this guy, Russ, and somehow he knows she's got these journals. And even, I mean, Cassidy, actually, thinking back to Will, I mean, she ended up spilling too much to Will, more, much more than the people would, her, the other people mm-hmm. wanted would have wanted her to say. And then he finds the link to the story and says, oh, is this you? And that's where I was like, oh, my God, okay, it is going to be Will, or it's going to be something like yeah. that. But it really wasn't. And then she, of course, denied it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, listen, I think it was an entertaining book. It's not, you know, like fine fiction per se. Interesting thing, though, if we talk about um, book clubs, this being our book club, you know, do you think there's enough to talk about for, I mean, I'm thinking about my book club. They tend to choose a little bit more meaty books, but I do think the whole idea around what would you do? How would you handle that would lead to an interesting discussion. Are you saying our book club wasn't in depth enough? No, I think it's great. I'm just saying, you know, some book clubs like to think they're a little bit, you know, more hoity toity with more, you know. No, I think it was a book that, you know, it's to some extent, it's not based off a true story. It's not, it wasn't, I don't remember the page count. It wasn't terribly long. It was a good, we both read it. We, I, we're recording this um, at the end of May so that we can be ready for July because we're, you know, at this point, a new podcast. So we got to have the content ready, but we both read it like within a week. Yes. It was, I've read some books that really, it takes me a couple weeks to finish because Absolutely. I just don't feel pulled to read them every night. This is and not one of those books. You want to read it and finish a quick it. read. Yes. It was a quick read. So I think to some extent, you know, it, it's not going to be that big depth, in-depth discussion. Like, I guess, I don't know, you could get, you could, 
you know, take a step back and say, like, you were in Grace's shoes, what would you have done? Mm-hmm. If you were in Cassidy's shoes, what would you have done? But I think at the end of the day, it's just like they were a bunch of teenagers and shit happened and they handled it really poorly. I mean, yes, although they survived. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think the fact that they even got out alive says a lot about them. But the bird. I think it says a lot about Cassie. She jumped in. Yeah. And was, first of all, able to knock it, swept away by the river, and was able to pull people out of vans. And I didn't get the sense that Cassie was this, like, strongly built girl. Right. Right. Okay, so if they make it into a movie, who should play the characters? I don't know. I feel like, well, okay, I kind of get the vibe from Oliver. I think they said he was Korean or he was Korean American. Uh-huh. I might be making that up, but I see him as maybe the guy, the main, the main guy from Crazy Rich Asians. Okay, true. I see Hollis as almost like a. And I know they said she had dyed hair, so maybe not. Like a like a Blake Lively, or she's just like really fit. Yeah, she's kind of mysterious. The the funny thing is though, now I realize after I asked that question, I'm only going to be able to think of actors that are like in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, and we have to we we don't know enough. Well, I don't know enough anymore about actors who are actually more like late teens, early 20s who could play these people. Yeah, I don't know who would play Cassidy. I can picture her, but I don't know who would be the actress. I do think it'd make a great movie. I hope it comes I think out of, in a movie. I think of Brody as uh, my Drew, my husband, really likes um, all of the Chicago series, like Chicago mm-hmm. Fire, Chicago PD. And I, oh, Severide from Chicago Fire. He's like a burly kind of okay. he's like beard. He's an EMT. Okay, I see. I mean, if you gave me enough time, I could I could cast him. Okay. But just funny side note, just because I did mention Blake Lively. So if you've listened to our early episodes, I got a ton of shit from my husband and my sisters for saying the town I live in, the town I live in. So I live in Hoboken, New Jersey. And they're filming. I haven't read it. It's on my list of books to read. It's a call. It's the Colleen Hoover books. Um, they're filming the movie. It, they're either filming it ends with us or it starts with us. I okay. Think, I think it's it ends with us. And they're filming it and Blake Lively's in it. And they've been filming like two blocks from where I live in Hoboken. And I guess I've been seeing all over Instagram. I've not read the book. I, I have no skin in the game. But everyone is so pissed at how they cast. Not that it's Blake Lively, but how they've styled her. Oh. And I guess it's like no one thinks that's what she would have looked like. She was kind of like, and I saw this. I, 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 my husband and I were going to dinner and I was like, we're, we were going to be so late. And I made a stand in front of the filming place for like 10 minutes because there's a crowd on the street and they'd been filming outside of this multi-purpose building that has actually had a couple movies filmed in it since we've lived here but um i kept waiting for blake lively to come out but you could kind of tell the vibe just from seeing the outside of it and i guess she's cast as kind of this like dowdy not put together girl Mm. and everyone's so mad so i think it's like i don't know i I wonder i wonder if they're mad because the character doesn't come across that way in the book or because how in the hell would you make blake lively dowdy and not put together no, I think they're <laughs> mad because they like envisioned her just totally different. So, okay. I mean, we're not Hollywood, Hollywood screen. But you know what? That has happened it. recently, though. Like, I don't know if you read Where the Crawdads Sing. I haven't seen the movie because the trailers of it, I'm like, I'm sorry. But the girl in this book, Where the Crawdads Sing, is never going to look that good as she does in this movie. Like this, And I know people have this, you know, kind of mismatch between the book and the movie, which is somewhat typical. Um, but it's also is going to be interesting because the last thing he told me, which is another book that I read, and it's now like a limited series. I think it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it? No, I haven't watched it, but I actually, someone I work with is friends with the author and she got to go to this event in the city they had. And she, the author was there with Jennifer Gardner and I think Reese Witherspoon was maybe yeah. there too. She and they were talking it. about the the series and all that so i read the book but i have not yet watched the um, well, the apple so tv series it, it would be interesting oh it's on apple tv it'd be interesting because that's a book they took and they made into a limited series right and that mm-hmm. seems to be more of the movement these days rather than like making um you know like a film or like a you know two-hour movie but i do think this book the only survivors would do well as a limited series because you could kind of have something happen at the beach house 
and then have the flashback and then stop that episode. Mm-hmm. And then the next episode, back at the beach house, have the flashback. So I think it would lend itself to be a series. Maybe I should become like a, a TV producer and I can start doing things like this. Well, let's just start with podcast okay. <laughs> before we before we start dabbling in other areas. I tell people all the time that I I consume, and we talked about this in our true crime episode, like I would love to write one of these mysteries just make it so twisty and keep everyone on their edge of their seat and like i've consumed enough content where if i put my mind to it i could probably come up with something okay why don't you i I, i'm trying to write a book too so challenge on okay you guys come back in five years and my 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 thriller will be done okay okay so the book club in uh 2028 We'll have one month the book club be the book you wrote and one month be the book I wrote. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it. I'm here for it. 2028. Speak your dreams. But this was so much fun. We've not yet picked our August book yet. If you have any suggestions, um, let us know. We'll probably do something a little bit lighter because this one was kind of a thriller. So maybe we'll need a little a little summer beach read. But let us, uh, let us know of any suggestions. You can check us out on Instagram. We're at the millennial and the mom. And come back on on Wednesday for our regular scheduled episode. All right. Well, Maddie, I, I'm glad this got us reading and it got us talking about the book, which, you know, as a former teacher, I love anything that gets people reading and talking about books. So it's much better. Let's put it this way. Nobody should be doing a cereal box book report about a book like this. When you read a great book, you want to talk what's about a cereal, it. What's a cereal box book report? Oh, my God. You're too young. Didn't you ever have to take a cereal box and like make a book report on it with like a different thing on each side of the cereal box? I definitely did book reports. I don't remember having to put yeah. them on cereal boxes. Book reports are, nah, they're bad. I don't think, I don't think we should be doing book reports anymore. We should, should be we do what about- I had to do in second grade, which was all of the animal reports. I think that's a whole episode. We can save that. We'll save that for, I won't even, I won't even tease it anymore. We'll go, we'll go through my, go my, it experience as a second grader as a self-directed second grader Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah this was so much fun enjoy the rest of your friday and we'll catch you next week all right keep reading bye bye mom bye